It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family. Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing financial advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs, who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Call Doug, Linda, and Deborah at their office, 919-872-7000, with your financial planning questions. That's 919 919- Now, here are Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. And we are the Lewis family, ready to answer your questions tonight. This is Linda Lewis, and thank you for joining us on Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. And I'm Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And I'm Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. Hi, Dean. This is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Hello, Deborah. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, I wonder if you could explain the difference to the uh, audience, what the difference between a, uh, what is it, a financial, uh, uh, you're a uh, Certified Financial Manager, and the difference, uh, of the uh, licensed portfolio manager. Sure. Well, I can tell you what I am. I'm a certified financial planner, and that's an educational designation. So in my situation, I went through a two-year program with uh, seven areas to study, and then at the end took an exam. So it's an educational designation. You can only you can only get that designation. It's sort of like a master's or a PhD degree. You can only get it after you have a college degree, and it takes two years of courses studying not only investments but also let's see um, income taxes, absolutely retirement plans, retirement plans, yeah, estate plans, insurance, okay. insurance. You do uh, you do a uh, portfolio management as well then. Oh, you have to study portfolio management quite a bit. So that's all part of the education. Now, that's what a certified financial planner is. I have been a certified financial planner for about... uh, Since 1985. 1985, I have to remember. I was one of the early ones in the United States. Uh, But that is a designation. And the exam to pass it is a two-day examination. And over 50% of the people that take it fail it <laughs> yeah so so it's a so very Dean, it's a very difficult examination to get now that's a certified financial plan that's education that's knowledge uh, as far as a licensed portfolio manager there's really no such thing so i'm not exactly sure what you mean by a licensed portfolio manager help me understand where your confusion is oh i just i wasn't sure what what the difference was i was just uh all right well, the, uh, well then let me yeah let me go on a little further then The certified financial planner, that's an educational degree, okay? Okay. It's sort of like you graduate from college, you go to law school, and you get a law degree. It doesn't say that you make a living as a lawyer just yet. It just says that you've got a law degree. If you happen to go to New York City, a lot of times you can get into a taxi and find out the taxi driver, he got a law degree, but he couldn't get a job as a lawyer, so he's making more money as a taxi driver. So the educational degree is one thing. That's the first thing. Call me, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. 
919-872-7000. Now the question is, how does the person make a living? And here is what, here's what we do. Okay. We are, of course, we do have the educational designation. Yes, we do. Both Deborah, my daughter and myself, we do. But how we make a living is we are regulated to give investment advice, which is on the on behalf of the investor on setting up an investment portfolio how to build the proper portfolio how to go ahead and achieve uh the safest portfolio achieve your financial goals you know um how old are you dean Uh, 62 62 okay so at 62 you're not thinking wow i just graduated from college i wonder how much money i'm gonna be able to save for my first job you're thinking about retirement right well, yes, I am. Right, right. So if you're 62 and are you retired? I didn't even ask you. No, I'm still working. I don't plan on retiring soon. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, but it's someone, it's it's getting to know the client and, 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 and finding out their situation. What's your situation? Oh, I, I uh, am a uh, project manager. All right. What's I your, manage yeah, my wh- own IRA. All right. And what's your income, Gene? Uh, it's uh, about six digits a year. I'm sorry. About six, six digits a year. All right. So your income is a hundred is is a hundred thousand. Yes. All right. And have you have you accumulated any portfolio outside of retirement funds? Uh, I manage my own IRA. All right. Well, that's a retirement fund. I'll come back to that one next. All right. How about manage? How about any investments? through the years that you've been working that are not in IRAs or 401ks or anything like that? Like stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Oh, no. no. Okay. So all of your investments so far have been inside of some type of retirement plan like an IRA. That's correct. All right. And how about in a 401k? Anything in a 401k? No. Okay. So everything is in your IRA. All right. And you manage your own. How much is in your IRA? Uh, It's about 100000 about a hundred thousand dollars, and you're still working. Are you now? You're not. Ma- you're not spending everything. Or I, well, I don't think you have any any children at home still, do you? No. Okay. So it's just you and your wife. That's correct. All right. So of your income, how much are you having left over each month to help put away towards your retirement? Uh, approximately uh, three to five hundred a month. Okay. So you're spending almost all of your $100,000 income except $300 a month. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what was the question again? Uh, okay. All right. If you're, if, you're making, yeah, if you're making over $100,000 a year and it's just you and your wife, I presume that you have a lot left over each month. Oh, yes. Yes. So that was my question. How much is left over each month? Uh, probably about, uh, yeah, about three, four hundred dollars but I am also putting that much in what on top of that. Where where are you putting the money? Setting it aside. My IRA. Uh, okay. All right. Well, the uh, I think where Doug was going was is when one has extra income that's left over at the end of the month after we've paid our living expenses, then the idea would be to have money set aside in retirement accounts 
And then this extra three to 500 that's left over in the month, have it set aside in a personal portfolio. So if you want to give me a call during the week, my number is 919-872-7000. And um, we can talk a little bit about what some of your options might be. If you are able to accumulate, you know, if you're not planning on retiring anytime soon, that gives you 10 years you know, maybe that where you could set aside $500 a month. Well, I think he's got a problem, Deborah. I think at 62 years old, if he has not saved anything in any investment portfolio other than his IRA and the IRA only has $100,000, he needs to seriously hone in on the living build, on, on building an investment portfolio to, yeah. to, to su- support him and his wife when he does retire because uh, you don't have a lot of extra years to go backwards and redo it Is that really where the concern is coming in, Yeah, well, that's why he needs a certified financial planner. Is that really why the the concern and the why you were calling tonight? Like Uh, what? Yeah, I was just kind of interested in, uh, you know, looking into the investment planner, so. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely give me a call. Are you in the Raleigh area? We are, and we're real easy to get to right off the Beltline, Quail Corners area. And Gene, if you'll call me just after the show, I'll um, I'll stop by the office like I always do. And if I have some time, I'll just give you a call back, and we can just pick through some numbers or tomorrow. See but what my times number, are available. My for number, you. my number is nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. And you know what would be good too, Dean, is just to write down your questions and. Um, you know, it it is uh, a retirement is around the bend, so you need to get some assistance uh, to help you so that you can reach whatever your goals are in retirement. Yeah, Linda. Linda will be able to go ahead, or Deborah, and tell you what dates are available for appointments to meet with us, and then you can get true individual non-sales advice about how to go on and achieve your goals. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling, Dean. Well, Doug, there was a very interesting article about the case for active money mutual fund managers. And did you happen to see that? I did. I did. And as a matter of fact, I want to make sure, of course, I wanted to also remember that to greet some of our regular listeners that are out there. Uh, Butch, if you're out there listening, we know that you're enjoying. And tonight we're going to go ahead and focus on the case for active mutual fund managers, but you know exactly how important this is. All right, so this article was interesting, Linda. It really, uh, it's sort of like... (laughs) It was sort of like a big amen for something that we've been saying for years and years. Yeah, I was thinking, Wall Street Journal, uh, what took you so long to, (laughs) to catch up? I've been saying this on the air for I don't know how many years, but this article brought out certain scenarios where the hands-on way might make more sense. And and they, they talked about in the article that certain times for certain strategies, actively managed mutual funds are superior to index funds. Well, I would have to say in our practice for over 30 years, every time that we have chosen actively managed funds, they have been wiser decisions and we don't use the index funds. And the reason is that... The active fund, especially if it's got a good long-term track record and charges lower management fees than most of its peers, it can obviously be what you're looking for. And that's that's so true. And relative performance runs in cycles. So if bull markets start to lose steam and targeting good stocks grows more difficult, historical data show that active funds as a group in certain categories could be poised to do better than comparable index funds. 
Well, the, the, the issue of active management, however, can't be just broad stroked as, as a category because there are really two kinds of active managers. There, there are. Well, Doug, in, reg- in regard to uh, when someone does... Well, let's do let's talk about the two kinds of active management. You want me to carry the cover sure, first? Sure, yes, Deborah? sir. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because just active management doesn't mean anything if your manager happens to be a dud. That's true. All right. You want to know this manager, what style of managing he's doing. And there are two styles that are out there. There are those who are timing managers, and they actively time the market. When the market goes up, they want to be selling some. And when the market goes down, they want to be buying some. And when they have a certain index or a certain uh, uh, indicator, they yeah, call Yeah, much more focused on technical analysis. Technical analysis, Deborah. Very good. Well, I don't like those. Right. But then there's another kind of active management, and these are fundamentalists. Yeah, they really get into the nuts and bolts of companies, the stocks, the CEOs sometimes. And they're not interested in when to sell the stock or buy the stock. Right. They're looking at the company. When, Where will this company be, not next week, or where will the stock be next month? They're thinking, where will this company be two years, four mm-hmm. years, six years from now? Yeah, really they, digging into the they're books. They're digging into the... So these kinds of active managers, I am very much uh, uh, in favor of, obviously, because human managers sometimes do better in times when just riding the market wave is the highest risk you can take. Now, Doug, let me ask. Can, do you mind? Let me ask you a couple specific scenarios and see how you feel about different times when active management is um, more beneficial in your own experience. After, All right. go ahead. Okay. Now, let's say if we have a client or there's a, someone listening tonight, when you own stocks for income and you want to focus on income, well. And that's not that rare a type of person because as yields have fallen, Deborah, investors have flocked to dividend-paying stocks to get more income. And this has spurred rapid growth in another type of investment called the dividend-focused ETFs. If you'd like further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. Okay, sounds good, but what can go wrong? Well, uh, a lot of things can go wrong. First of all, you can get the chickens and kill your eggs. I mean, get the get the eggs and kill your chickens, so to speak. Yeah. The goal isn't just to get the income and watch the principal go down. And this is what can happen. Owning shares only of companies that consistently boost dividends sometimes will turn out to be the worst thing. Yeah. So, really, I'm looking for managers, but if the client says, I'm needing income then most of the times we're not going to be taking income off of those mutual funds that are actively managed. We're going to be looking at the income to come off in a different way Yeah. by what we call the the uh, systematic withdrawal methodology. Right, right. And, you know, I think there's a lot of um, people out there who, from their own experience of these things really failing, these index funds, is that when you're just selling a stock that no longer fits the mission behind that index, that can really hurt you. You know, if the if the market sentiment shifts away from the sector that it's focused on, that can hurt the overall performance. 
But here, an active manager could limit the impact of such shifts by diversifying. That's right. You know, that's exactly right. This is all about and how that's where the, the manager is making. Yeah, that's difference. where he's making the difference. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, Doug, what about if the market starts trading sideways? Well. A lot of times the market is going to trade sideways, but it should mean nothing to you if your manager is not focusing on the market. Yeah. If your manager is focusing on the market, then maybe that's fine. But those managers are not the ones I'm looking for anyway. Uh, I'm looking for the managers who are actively managing by digging into, as you said, Deborah, a few minutes ago, the uh, the 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 guts the the financial strength of a particular company. Where's IBM going to be five years from now? What about when McDonald's five years from now? What about uh, John Deere, Caterpillar? Yeah, all the yeah, yeah. That's that's different. Mm-hmm. So the trading sideways that's not an issue for me. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Call to make an appointment with Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner of Lewis Financial Management. Call nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. Or visit our website, DougAndLinda.com. Well, um, how about when investing abroad? They pointed out that's another time. And I do think that actively managed international funds can very often do a lot better by diversifying away from the indexes by selecting companies, again, who are based on their fundamentals and not following the indexes. They can boost returns by buying stocks in faster-growing emerging markets nations, which are not even included in certain benchmarks. So, uh, I think that's a valid reason. Okay. All right. Well, the, the probably the most important is if you're worried about volatility. This is probably where the uh, active manager um, does the most good for us. I liked what you said earlier before the show began, Deborah. You pointed out that there is no such thing as a time when there is no volatility. Right, Linda? That is true. Yeah, Deborah was saying that before the show, that there is no time when there is no volatility. The question is only more volatility or less volatility. Correct. So volatility is risk, and limiting losses can help in building your nest egg in times of volatility. So how does an active manager do that? Well, a lot of times the active manager can just play defense. And that's huge. That is huge. Playing defense can very often be the way to see how you can go ahead and soften the volatility. They can own higher quality stocks and trim positions as valuations rise. They don't have to be having the pedal to the metal when the markets are going up and then put the brake on more quickly when markets are going down. That's not what active management uh, is all about. You know, earlier we were were, uh, talking about how folks that are in the market, um, either you've got actively managed funds mm-hmm. and then you've got the folks that, that go to index funds and ETFs and there's more risk there because you you don't know who's who's minding the store so to well, speak. Yeah, and there really is no one and so what you're doing is is you are you're riding the ride of volatility. So and you're accepting it and then riding exactly. the ride. And then you've got the other side of the pendulum where uh you know, if you're doing your own trading then there's Not, even more risk. Yeah, they're yeah, trying and, to and be and the before we leave, like, yeah. For real? Well, before we leave the subject of active management, I do want to say this. 
you need to have someone, if not yourself, someone who is diving deep into who is the manager, how long that manager has been there, just getting an actively managed fund. So we got to find out who is the manager not just an actively managed fund in the style of management. And folks are at various stages of life. You could be a recently uh, widowed spouse and you have a lot of questions and you, you, you know, you may have a lot of discomfort about what's happening with, uh, with your investments and how to plan for the future and how to pay for your expenses, et cetera. Whatever stage of life you're in, it's important to work with an advisor, so true. a certified financial planner that can hold your hand. Through all the, the stages, through That's the, right. the volatility, That's right, Deborah? Right. That's right. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF on Money Matters with the Lewises. Call us with your questions. And during the week, if you'd like to set up an appointment, call us at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. All right, I think we've got a call coming in. This is Mary. Mary, hi, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, and we are the Lewis family here to help you. How can we help you this evening? Um, Well, I'm getting ready to retire probably in about four years, my husband and I both. And we've got, we're just wondering about the investments that we've made up till now, how those will actually start paying us income once we once we retire. That's a great question, Mary. Let me ask you a few questions about your situation. How old are you? Um, 62. 62. And your husband? 63. 63. Either one of y'all still working or both or neither? We're, we're both still working. All right. And your income approximately? Uh, it's about 45000 And your husband's? About uh, 95000 All right. Now, you say that you have been accumulating investments. Tell me a little bit about what you have accumulated in non-retirement investments. No IRAs, 401ks. First of all, what's in non-retirement investments? Um, in dollar amounts. Oh. Yeah, not well, just the like, name of the individual investments, no. Like like what? I mean, it, Mutual funds, CDs. Oh, okay. Cash yeah. accounts. Cash accounts. Okay, cash. We probably have about... 80,000 in cash. All right. Mutual funds, maybe um, 250,000, 300,000. All right. And that's probably it. Okay. All right. So we've got about 380,000 in non retirement types of assets. Mm-hmm. Now, what about your retirement accounts? This is, of course, is where you're focusing. Tell me a little bit about your retirement accounts. Okay. We have about, combined, we have about 500,000. In um, 401ks. All right. Now, how much is in her or in your uh, 401k and how much is in his approximately? How does uh, it break out? Approximately um, 200000 in mine, 300000 in his. All right. 200 in the wife and 300 in the husband combined about 500 mm-hmm. And the wife is 62 and the husband is 63. Okay. All right. All right. What else besides 401ks? Uh, IRAs. All right. What do you have in IRAs? Okay, total about 600000 That's 600000 in IRAs. All right. Okay. How does that break out? Uh, is that evenly split, or how does it go, his, his and hers, and the IRAs? Probably uh, 250 in mine, 350 in his. All right, 250 in the wife and 350 in the husband. Okay, now let's go to your question, which is how do you get all of this stuff to start paying y'all 
income uh, because you've been in the accumulation mode all these years. And by the way, I want to congratulate you, commend you. Y'all have done very well. Absolutely. Uh, There's 450 in her retirement accounts combined and 650000 in his. So that's outstanding. Yeah. Altogether, I'm looking at about a million. Let me see. Six and five is 11, mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14, a little bit under a million five. Okay. So how do we get this million five to start paying us? And it's a very good question because a lot of people who are different diligent, as you guys have been, obviously, only think about the accumulation phase of their life. But then when it comes to turning off the job, meaning I quit, Mm -hmm. no more paycheck, then what's going to support us? And that really is turning on the spigot or making the investments be the paycheck supplier, the one that's going to go ahead and send you income. So we have to look at how we do this. Call me, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management. Call me at 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. First of all, the 401ks, they are at, uh, they're in custodial accounts. You need to, when you retire, you want to roll those away from the 401k provider over to your IRA custodian. Okay. That is tax-free. There'll be no tax. There'll be no cost of anything doing that. That part Uh is easy. The reason you move it from the 401k to the IRA is because of the word I. The capital letter I in an IRA stands for what, Deborah? Individual. It's the individual. That's you right. are the controller. That's right. And Mary, that's where the real power will be. It'll be you'll you'll be all of a sudden in an environment where you as the individual can control what you purchase, what investments you put in it. And even more so what, what comes out and when it comes out and how, which is that's getting right. to the nuts and bolts of your question. Mm-hmm. All right. Now you're over fifty nine and a half, both of you. So what comes out, even if you were to start right now, has no problem with a tax penalty. It will be taxed, yes, but it will be taxed just as your present paycheck is being taxed. It's the same way. And the way that you determine what comes out as income from you will be with the help of your certified financial planner. If you jot down my number, Mary, jot down our office number. It's 919 919-872-7000. You may want to also jot down our uh, our website address, DougAndLinda.com. DougAndLinda.com. Okay. All right, now let me proceed. With the help of a certified financial planner like my daughter Deborah or myself, we then will go ahead and see that you will have a portfolio of investments in your IRA and a portfolio of investments in your husband's IRA, and you will have this com- this personal non-IRA investment portfolio of about 380000 So you'll have three investment portfolios, each of those three able to give you a monthly income. Before we do anything, of course, we have to make sure you have an emergency fund. So we will carve off a certain amount for emergency. Do you know what your living expenses run approximately on a monthly basis? Um, that would be including mortgage. Yes. Everything that that you, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, that's right. All the kind of stuff you spend monthly, not counting things like clothing or vacation trips or whatever. Okay. Probably about, um, probably around $3,000 a month. All right. So let's say for retirees, we would take the 3000, we would multiply it times six meaning six months, 18, maybe 20,000 we would set aside in an emergency fund. 
and that would be set aside from the personal three hundred and eighty thousand. Mm-hmm. Now that's going to bring you down to three hundred and sixty thousand in the personal, all right? And that can give you an income stream. Indeed, it can, all right. Then we would say, all right, with this three hundred and sixty thousand dollars, if we wanted to. We could simply do it on a simple way, first of all, and we could say, let's tell each of their investments to pull off 4% on an annualized basis, but paying us monthly, so you would get maybe a monthly check of about $1,200 a month from that portfolio. So consider that as one of your bosses, one of your new employers. That's right, because you're starting to create an income stream from yourself, for yourself. That's exactly what you're doing. You're creating your own income stream. Then we would go over to your IRA and we would do the same thing and we would see what is the income stream that we can get from your new IRA. And then we would do the same thing from your husband's. And when we add these three together, we would find out, are we taking out too much? Is it more than you need? Because... The income coming from the IRAs is taxed like your present paycheck. Okay. But the income coming from your other portfolio, the one that is the 360000 that's going to be about half the taxes on the other one. So I just did a little math for you, Doug. And Mary, uh, the two IRAs, um, they could each, you know, hers would, could produce about 1500 a month. His could produce about 2166 So that would give us $3,666. But just to pick and did you up add on, on the twelve hundred from, from yeah, the person? I haven't done that yet because I was going to make the point, which is that would give you the gross amount from IRAs, and just like you said, it's got to be taxed as ordinary income. Add on to that the personal portfolio of twelve hundred, and we get looks like about a little bit under six thousand a yes, month. Yes, sir. So so don't, they don't need six thousand a month. So now five thousand, cra- a little under five thousand a month. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919-872-7000. That doesn't include uh, any just Social Security that we would draw upon. Oh, very good. Now we're going to come to another question. Do we start drawing Social Security? Now you said in four years there's no problem. You uh-huh. could actually possibly do it right now. What, draw Social Security? No, just quit your job. <laughs> Sounds like you got enough income. <laughs> I mean, at least with the, at least we could examine the possibility of how would you like to go ahead. And retire early. And retire early. Uh, it, it's an option. And in the financial planning practice that we use at our office, we would look at that as one of the possibilities, taking your early retirement social security number and adding your husband's and seeing what that would do and then see what it all amounts to. But if we decide maybe you're in love with your job, you don't, you wouldn't think of it and so forth. This is all part of the non-numerical part of financial planning, the personal part. That's why we always say it's our family to your family when we're doing financial planning because they're family matters. Maybe you'd like to start traveling more to certain places. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you have uh, relatives that are in different situations uh, that are not here in Raleigh and you need to be able to find ways to go visit more. I was talking to a, uh, an individual this morning and uh, they've got relatives, Alzheimer aged 90s parents in Taiwan and they need to figure how can they go ahead and and find time to go to Taiwan to be with the parents because they're working here and so forth. So all of this aspect plays into when do we start 
getting the income. If I've answered your question about how I get the income, the only thing I haven't answered is what about these other non-monthly expenses? Mm-hmm. And there, we take those as as needed. So let's say you're going to take uh, a cruise that you're thinking of, and it's going to cost you maybe $10,000. Right? Mm-hmm. Then we would go and look at the three portfolios and see which one of the three should we go to for that. Obviously, we're going to look at the non-IRAs first because the tax will be lower. But if it's too big, we don't want to hurt the portfolio. In each case, you're working with us as your financial planning firm, and we are actually helping you decide where to draw from which one according to what you want on a month-by-month, year-by-year basis, and so forth, both on the recurring monthly expenses and on the non-monthly that's right. These one-time things, the these one-time um, vacations or, or whatever the need is. I mean, it might be a very large um, home repair that needs to happen. Then what do you do? That's real life. It can be the good stuff and the bad stuff. And the strategies with regard to Social Security will play into this. Should we go ahead and take early retirement and start now? Or should you wait and get full retirement Social Security or even delay it? to age 70 where you get a little more. So each of these parts are part of the equation that ends up on how do we start getting our money, money from coming, our stuff. Yeah. yeah. Now, Mary, can you think of any other questions? Did we answer your question? Uh, yes, you did. Good, you. good. Yeah. All right, and you've got our phone number. I do. And when you call in, make sure that we schedule the appointment for you and you will have a choice of whether you want the book Middle Class Millionaire or Wealthy Barber or Simple Wealth Inevitable. Thank you so much for calling us tonight, Mary. Okay, well, thank you for your help. If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Well, Doug, there was a, a very interesting article as you were talking about um, senior citizens and aging parents. And first things first, always is an issue when caring for a parent, isn't it? Well, it, it certainly is. I'm not sure I saw the article. Deborah, did you see that article? Well, yeah, I did. It was um, about how to get started. You know, first things first when caring for a parent. What do you have to do first? Well, most of us don't plan to take care of a parent. You know, when we were young, they took care of us, right? And then we grow up and we don't, in some cases, people just don't set aside time or money for the tasks or the factor in it when thinking about retirement. For the most part, a parent's old age and the needs and dilemmas that typically will accompany it seem to come just out of nowhere. So true. The transition can come with a jolt. And that's usually the scary stuff, you know, after a fall, a stroke or diagnosis. But more often than not, the demands of parent care slide slowly into our lives. So whether you planned for it or not, maybe dad's a little hunched over, his steps a little wobbly. Maybe mom left the stove on and burned a pot again. The car has a new uh, dent in it or the pill bottles are beginning to line up by the sink. These are all signs. But even then, some part of us clings to the hope that our parents will be all right and that our services will never be needed, but usually they are. Well, the questions actually that pop up in our office when dealing with situations like that are sometimes they're gut-wrenching. You know, how do we stop mom from driving? That sort of thing, you know. Uh, who's going to tell her that uh, the license uh, needs to be stopped? Or or is dad eating properly? You know, or can mom be left alone? Or who's going to take 
dad to his doctor's appointment? Is there any new symptom? And what about insurance? These are the kinds of things that the children who so often are our clients That's are right. dealing with with regard to their parents. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have the same situations. That's so right. if you're out there listening, you may have an aging parent and those uh, concerns about housing issues, money problems, medical complications, questions, so many, many questions. That's right. And even though we don't plan for it, at some point, we're going to have to start solving them for our mom and dad. Maybe you are caring for an aging parent. And if you have a serious situation and you need some advice, call us at Lewis Financial Management during the week. Our number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. We'll be happy to address your issues. Call us during the week or call now and leave your, your number. We'd love to help you. So no, no matter where you are in the process, whether you're just starting out uh-huh. or maybe you're deeply enmeshed in mom or dad's situation, and also you could be nearing the end, the most important thing that you can do for your parent and for yourself is this. Be prepared for what might come. Number one, complete the paperwork. What kind of paperwork are you talking about? Well, I was I was going to name a couple of things that first come to mind is you know, you know, revocable living trust, right. healthcare power of attorney, mm-hmm. living wills. You know, just at least knowing where the paperwork is. Okay, you know? I like that. Knowing the doctors, any anything that that um, you might need to access. Mm-hmm. And it may be that you've gotten to the stage where mom and dad need assisted living because they yeah. can't be alone. Yeah, and whether the paperwork is. You know, working with your advisor to see, can we afford this new living situation? That's right. Um, et cetera. And, and then along with that is exploring what are your options? Uh, checking out uh, living situations, making sure that uh, you've worked with their attorney to do you have the proper documents? All of that stuff is so important. The last part is going to be probably uh, the most useful is, you know, discuss their wishes. Because finally, and the fourth thing that you need to do is create a plan. So hire a certified financial planner to help you care for a parent, uh, have the conversation. But starting one day ahead, one question ahead, uh, you will be ahead of the whole conversation of how do I care for an aging parent before things you know, get too difficult. So we definitely want to bring that up. We hear a lot about it. We have several families that we're helping the uh, adult children who are in their 50s and 60s caring for parents who are in different different health situations. We do. It's all part of what really total financial planning is. It's much more than just money management. It really is. If you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation, call us, set up an appointment. We can help you. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. A lot of folks have considerations about moving in retirement. Did you see that article, Doug? Well, you know, I really did, Linda. I, it might have been the News and Observer. I don't remember, but I do know that I saw the article and I remember thinking this is very interesting because so many of our clients have been with us for not more than five years or 10 years, some of them more than 20 years. And that means that as they've moved through the stages of their life of accumulation, become middle-class millionaires and so forth, now comes the question of what about the home? You know, what do we do? Do we downsize? The kids are already out of the house, finished college, they're gone. Uh, What do we do with the home? And 
really, the article pointed that over the next 10 years, the number of U.S. households that's led by someone 65 years or older is going to increase by 11 million people. And stunningly, three out of those 10 older households have already, it told us, they have actually moved out and upsized. And that was the shocker. It, it really was a shocker, wasn't it? And uh, To get a bigger house. Hap- yeah. This is what happens with retirees. And their top reason for upsizing, uh, one of the top reasons was because they want to have a larger enough home to accommodate all the family members that visit them. And that's a good reason. That is a good reason. In cases like that, when you're going to have family reunions all the time, they all and they're going to be coming, then maybe your decision should be, we need to sell our home and get a bigger home. But then again, most of our clients, we've always thought, was downsize. Kids are gone. We don't need all these rooms. Well, sometimes the kids come to visit, and other times they come home to, to live. And, you know, it's interesting. One of our clients said, well, I've got this child that's a boomerang child. And she went away to college, but she's come back. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of, we find a lot of uh, families in America, they've got boomerang children. But a solid segment of older Americans still plan to downsize. The majority of our, yeah, yeah, the majority of our clients are talking about that as they go through the stages. And of course, they want to know, what should I do next? How do I plan on the next home? How much space do I need? What's the floor plan that I want, that I want in my new home? Do I want a two-story home or a one-story home? Do I want to have a mother-in-law apartment if I want to have nursing care in the home to take care of me? Or do I want to go ahead and simply rent? Do I want to go into a senior community and not buy a new home? All of these matters of downsizing, we are dealing with constantly in our practice. That's right. I thought it was a very good article, and I think it should be part of anyone who is doing true financial planning. You know, Doug, as we were um, uh, reviewing this article, I, I realized that one of the biggest issues here has to be about cash flow planning. Wouldn't you say, Deb? Absolutely. Because I think that's um, what this is fundamentally about is is cash flow planning. Very good. I mean, how much money do you have to spend on the new house, whether it's upsizing or downsizing, and what's your income? That's right. How uh, do you have investment income? That's right. Then you tack in Social Security, and what about pension income? Or are you inheriting money? Or that's right. That's right. Well, you know what's funny, or uh, let me add to that is cash flow planning is so crucial and critical to everyone at different stages for different reasons. I'm going to uh, digress for just a moment and say, I spoke to a group of engineers uh, this week, and one of the um, engineers at the end of it, it was just a, an informal, sort of like a lunch and learn environment where they could um, hear me speak, and then afterwards we had a question and answer session, and one of the engineers, uh, you know, audience members said, you know, Deborah, can you give me a target number as to what I need to uh, save? And I said, well, no, not really, because it, it's always based on living expenses. Just like right now, what you're putting aside is what's left over based on your living expenses. And even the earlier call tonight, she knew the living expenses. The closer you get to there not being an unlimited amount of years that this cash flow is going to be coming in, the the closer, at least our experience has been with our clients, the closer you get to retirement, the more you know exactly what you need as far as living expenses. Because it's things like this that will either open up or not open up as opportunities. Can I afford more house or not? Is a cash flow item. 
It is. This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to set up an appointment to speak about your situation. 919-872-7000. Chuck, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. We're the Lewis family. How can we help you this evening? Hey, good evening, folks. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, so um, I've been uh, a loyal listener, you guys, for a couple of years now, and I just want to say thank you again. I've learned so much just from listening to you have conversations with other people, so I, I really appreciate the education that you offer all of us. Well, thank oh, you very thank much. Thank you. Um, and, I'm, and I'm probably, I'm so late on calling you guys, and I need to call you guys, but I'm just going to, let me just ask you about this one question anyway. Go ahead. Um, so the one thing that I do know about my savings right now is that I have woefully inadequate in terms of saving outside of the 401k. Okay. And I've heard you talk about this before, Doug. All right. So, uh, so my question is this, and I'm trying to figure out. Right now, um, I'm only, my, my employer matches, uh, I put in about, I put increase 1% every year, so I'm at 9% right now on my 401k. They match. 50, 50 cents out of every dollar up to 6% of my salary. All right. But the reason I put, I'm putting 9% right now is kind of a forced savings. It helps me save, I guess, be more diligent, I guess, for lack of a better term. Okay. Um, so my question here is that I want to start establishing some savings outside of the 401k, but I'm trying to understand what the, the right percentage is and how to start it. All right. I'm looking for some guidance on that. Sure. Let me ask you a few questions, then I'll answer the question for that you put in front of me. How old are you, Chuck? 49. 49. Married or single? Married, two kids, 14 and 5. Married, two kids, 14 and 5. All right. Wife working or, or staying or not working? Full-time mom, so she's working. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to ask for the income. Then you're not paying her. <laughs> no, so okay. What's your what's your salary? <laughs> uh, it varies a little bit on the top end, depending on the bonus, but about one twenty. About one hundred and twenty income, and how much is in the four hundred one k at present? So I have a self directed IRA from prior uh, employers, about three hundred thousand. All right. And my current one I have right now uh, with my current employer is about. 79. All right. And this is the one that you're adding, that you are putting in 9% and they're matching you 50% of 6% or they're matching you three, matching you on 3%. Yes, sir. Okay. Do you have anything so far in non-retirement? Yes, I do. Um, very small amount in equities. I have about 6,000 in equities and, um, about twenty five thousand, excuse me, twenty seven thousand in kind of a cash emergency fund. All right. Well, it's really interesting. If you did told me that you were sixty four years old, then I would have said this looks extremely bleak. But because you've told me that you're 49 years old, this looks extremely attractive and it is able to be fixed. Yes, it needs to be fixed. No doubt about it. Now, here's what you've told me about yourself. Number one, you're able to go ahead and put in 9% of your income towards your future. And on the high side, that'd be 10800 Doug. All right. That's very nice. Now, the next thing you've told me is the reason you're doing it the way you're doing it is because if I don't see it, I can't touch it. It's for savings. Yep. All right. Now, 
I don't know. I'll ask this one question before I go to the rest of my answer. Do you have a spending problem? Um, do you do you and your wife, does your family have a spending problem? You know, it, I, I don't th- we'll put it this way. It's not like um, we're hitting the overdraft on the checking or anything like that. But I think our, our challenge is that we don't have a budget. All right. Then here's what I'm going to say. Number one, you do need to go ahead and call the office and schedule an appointment to meet with either me or Deborah. The office number is 919 919- 872-7000. Before you come in, we're going to want you to have a list of questions. And one of your questions, of course, is going to be focused right around this. How do we get our budget established? All right. Mm-hmm. But then number two, here's the way that you, we will approach it with you. We want to find out what are the living expenses. And then we're going to find out which of those expenses are recurring monthly expenses. And then we're going to go ahead and have you set up what we call a pay yourself first plan, which says... Everything that is over your money coming in versus your recurring money going out, that surplus, that needs to be redirected into a mutual fund that you and we will choose. To do exactly what you need is that forced savings that I don't see it, I don't spend it. Exactly. We're gonna, it's going to disappear from your checking account at the beginning of every month, just like it's presently disappearing. Okay. However, we're also going to have you reduce your 401k down to 6% because that means you're still getting free money at that point from your boss. Yeah, but... but, but He's matching 50% up to your contribution of 6. Okay, all right. Because I guess what I'm I'm trying to determine is that so money that's being saved outside of the 401k, then future withdrawals, I guess I'm trying to determine from a tax perspective. All right, don't don't go there just yet. Never let the tax tail wag the dog. Focus on financial independence, becoming a middle-class millionaire, and doing it the proper way. So here's why. You want to go ahead and, yes, reduce the 401k contribution down to 6% because your boss is giving you uh, 3% free money to match that. Beyond it, that extra 3% is going to be part of what's going into your pay yourself first plan into your present investment portfolio that needs to be set up. Let me interject just one thing, Doug, and that is this. Chuck, that 3% that would not be going to the 401k on a monthly basis is $300. So it becomes very doable. $300 becomes the base for your pay yourself first. Now, to to put it in perspective from the tax side, what you said, basically, we are moving in the same direction that you're presently moving in. I hope that we're going to find more than just that extra $300 when we do the budget and the living expense analysis. But my point is, you want to have, you should have at the present time, $379,000 accumulated in non-investment assets, and you don't. You only have $32,000. You want equal size And here's why. When you finally decide to pull the plug and leave your employment and retire, whether it be at age 55 or 60 or whatever age that you do, then you're going to find out, what you take from your from your IRA and 401k is taxed double of what you take from the other one. So at that time, you're going to want the biggest one to be the non-IRA, the non-401k. And you must always be looking forward to the tax situation then 
not just the tax situation now. That's why I say you don't let the tax tail wag the dog. That's but, a good point. If you're, if you're paying taxes, that means you're making money. That's exactly <laughs> right. You're making money Very and, you're, and, you're, and you're accumulating, Chuck. And the best news is you're only 49. That's right. Which means you've, you've got, got maybe, 20 years. maybe 10 to 59. Uh, we will see. When we meet together, we'll pick a year and see when you can make it. Well, I tell you, if you can, if you can get me holding a fishing pole full time in 16 years, that would be a nice thing. Sounds the good to me. The fact that you said 16 is you'll get there. You will. You will. Call yeah. us on Monday or tonight. I uh, will be going by the office. It's 919-872-7000. Make an appointment and um, I'll let, give you a list of things you need to bring in. But start making that list of questions and we'll go from there. You know, Chuck, before we drop, drop off the line with you, I will tell you, I'm never allowed to mention client names and so forth on the air and whatever. But I know personally, I've got a list of of maybe a hundred who were just like you who have been exactly. with us through these years and they started where you were <laughs> and they are now holding on to that fishing pole. That's so right. <laughs> it's definitely doable. Uh, and well, you can you. hold on to that fishing pole along the way. Amen to that. Well, thank you guys. Carve out I some... definitely be giving you a call. It's time, it's time that I stopped uh, waiting for tomorrow and do it today. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. And you have a wonderful week. Call me, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner of Lewis Financial Management. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. We have a few minutes left on the air and I want to bring to our attention the listeners who might have caught the article in the Wall Street Journal, Brains, Bots, or Both. Bots standing for robots. Because there's a whole new issue of robotic financial planners and it's really it's sort of uh, uh, becoming very popular I would tell you you need to forget dealing with a robot forget trying to see who's got the cheapest service out there and do the following number of items when you are looking for someone it's the tough questions to ask and if you've got a pen jot these down if not call my office and we'll give you these as far as background, ask the individual, what is your educational background, your degree in your area of study? Number two, how long have you been offering financial planning services? Number three, do you have clients who are willing to speak with me about your services? And then as far as services, does your financial planning service include recommendations for specific investments or investment products? And do you take custody of or have access to my assets? If the answer is yes, that's a bad news. If you're going to provide me services, do you require that I turn over discretion to you? And most importantly, how do you get paid? On a fee or by commission? And I would say the most important service would be, do you have a relationship manager on staff? What's a relationship manager, Deb- uh, Linda? person who takes care of your clients. Who's our relationship manager? Me. You? Uh, how do, what does that mean? I care about the clients. And how? what kind of... Everybody have a great week and call us at the office and we'll give you more information. 
You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Listen again next Saturday and Sunday at 5 p.m. for Money Matters with the Lewises on 680 WPTF.